0: Father Jonathan,
1: Happy Lent. Deacon David, Happy Lent. How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. So we had, as we record, we had our last Sunday of Ordinary Time for a long, long time. That's um, right. I guess we'll come back to green in the summertime.
0: Summer t- in the summertime.
1: Actually, you know, the next time that we preach on an Ordinary Time Sunday,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to be a priest. It's, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, because we have that long string of feasts. Well, I guess it's
0: different for you. I was ordained the day before Pentecost, Mm. so I had major feast after major feast and didn't actually get ordinary time until like four weeks in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So my my ordination to the priesthood um, will be right in time for preaching on Corpus Christi.
0: Nice. That's a good day to preach on.
1: What is that? The Sunday after Trinity Sunday, I guess, which is...
0: think so yeah
1: yeah so it goes pentecost then trinity sunday then corpus christi it's something like that i don't really remember yeah um anyway yeah so long story short uh ordinary time is over for a while uh how was your seventh sunday of ordinary time um
0: it was good you know i i struggle well i just struggle (laughs) uh the um it wasn't as long as my long homilies that I struggle with to begin with, mm-hmm. but it felt long mm. and that's a weird that's a weird thing that I haven't really quite figured out yet,
1: so it felt long while you were giving it,
0: yeah, mm.
1: yeah, was it actually long? Did you time it?
0: No, it wasn't it was I mean for me, it was normal length, which is about six and a half minutes,
1: okay, yeah, you just weren't feeling like you were moving. you just felt like it was yeah,
0: I mean, I did pretty much just preach on. Um, well, I mean, I made the point that the old and the new covenants are not as, as separate as we may think specifically because Leviticus is giving love your, eni- love your neighbor and yes, yourself.
1: Yes. Perfect.
0: Um, and so I did kind of, I just talked a, a lot about why, and then going back to this idea of why I think love of enemies is so crucial to our identity as Christians. Mm. Um, which is is good stuff and I love it. And I mean, that may be why, you know, it is kind of one of the things that I talk about all the time. Right. And so I wonder for me if it was just, okay, what are you doing now? That's different. Mm -hmm, (laughs) What is Jesus calling you to? So,
1: yeah, I, uh, I had two masses yesterday and I preached at the first one in the second one that I didn't preach. Uh, the priest said something that reminded me of what you were just saying. He said, you know, um as I was preparing this I realized this gospel kind of speaks for itself and the problem yeah. isn't understanding what it's saying, the problem is actually doing what it's saying. Doing it, absolutely. Yeah. Uh and he's absolutely right, you know. Um but then he pre- then he went on to preach for like 10 minutes you know, <laughs> <laughs> about it. Um there it is. <laughs> when I when I preach, I I love whenever I preach, I love talking about the connection between the old covenant and the new covenant. Um that's mm-hmm. one of my that's one of my things. Um I also really like not – and this is, a, this is a bit of a um, soapbox for me. I really don't like explaining away the new covenant. Like I think a lot of times like Jesus is – like the new, the new law is presented as like, oh, it all kind of just boils down to love, man. Like Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was really harping on how actually Jesus is making it harder for us. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah,
0: well, we're becoming a new creation. I mean, mm. and that
1: takes a lot of work. Right. And so I was emphasizing how the Jesus fulfilling the old law is not making it easier on us, but it's actually making it more difficult, which is what you and I talked about last week, that it's easy for us not to kill people, but it's a lot harder for us not to be angry at people. Right, Um, right. You know, and I I say this with a a bit of a grain of salt because it can be difficult for somebody not to commit adultery or not to commit murder. Sure, Um, sure. So it's not to completely whitewash it, but it is, it is I think on the whole, a lot easier for us not to do those external sins. And so I even pushed it this week and I said, it is easy for us to love our neighbor um, by comparison to the difficulty of what Christ is calling us to, which is to love our enemy. Um, right. So anyway, how Christ raises the stakes. And I like to preach that because I think sometimes Christianity is we really water it down to, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to basically say, like, oh. It's just about your feelings. Yeah, and you're basically just doing all right, you know. You're doing okay. Like, you don't really have to struggle in this life to, to be a good Christian because what you're doing is good enough, you know. Right. Anyway, so I, I yeah, based on that well, a little bit. And
0: that's, that's very Ignatian as well. I mean, that's the difference between the rules for discernment of the first week versus the second week. Hmm. Like in the second week, you're not going from good to bad. You're going from good to better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Um, and I think that's anyway, tough. It's tough. To yeah, but it's tough. And I and I appreciate like Matt Matthew chapter five, I think, is one of those chapters I'm going to continue to go back to as a really great opportunity to preach on yeah. what does it mean for Jesus to be the new lawgiver and what is the new law relative to the old law, especially since like you're saying Leviticus already gives us the love of right. neighbor, you know?
0: Right, right, right. What is Jesus calling us to? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, something new. Um all right, so pivoting to the first Sunday of uh Lent. You and I will have Lent. had you and I will have had preached on uh what is it on Ash Wednesday, but we're not Ash there Wednesday. yet. So um I can't ask you what you preached on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this will be the first Sunday that we have of the season of Lent. What do you uh what are you thinking about?
0: Well, So this is one of those things. Um, so when I was last year, when I was a deacon, I, um, my parish brought together all the priests of the deanery and brought in, um, um, one of the Dominicans to give us like a little workshop on, on, well, on the readings, like what, what to preach about, how to, how to approach some of, some of these readings. And what really struck me was, um, like thinking about the different weeks of Lent as a whole, mm-hmm. and like kind of—I mean, I don't want to just make a, a like a a Lenten series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Why like not? Where? <laughs> well, because not everybody's going to go, and I don't preach at the same mass every weekend. Oh, fair enough. Um, but I still think there's some value into looking at not just the first week of Lent as an isolated. Um, event right right like keeping in mind the flow of the season yep yep Um, no i I I had the readings do that very well
1: sure i had a similar thought when i was reading these readings um that i think i think i'm gonna have the same struggle that you and i talked about for advent which is am i preaching the readings or am i preaching the season um yeah especially with these readings where it can become so like big picture where it kind of comes hard to like focus in on anything. Like I was even looking at the readings for the following Sundays and I noticed right away that all of the first readings are in a sequence. Um Right. Like right. This, Genesis. The, well, actually no, this week we have Genesis and then the next week we have Genesis, but it jumps to Exodus after that. Exodus. Then, then first Samuel and then Ezekiel. But it follows the same logic of the readings for e- the Easter vigil, which is, mm-hmm we salvation history yeah which is salvation history so i never really realized that before that the readings on easter vigil night from the old testament are spread out through the entire season of lent where you have Mm. you have the fall this weekend and then the call of abraham the call of moses the call of david and then the prophecy of ezekiel that god will redeem his people um Anyway, I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to realize, but it it moves me in a direction of having a series across Lent that you're kind of like you're acknowledging. Um, Or if not, at least explicitly having a series. How can I preach this Sunday within the, the larger context of salvation history that leads us to the Paschal mystery without it becoming this massive balloon that every week I'm trying to preach the whole Bible, you know? Right, right.
0: Um, it's hard, and, I'm, and I mean, and especially with something like the fall. Like, <laughs> do you want a two-hour lecture, or <laughs> yeah, I can give that. What, you like know? The, yeah, what's the takeaway? Like, this is, and I think that's why it's so important that we do. Like, I'm, I've been tending to kind of hone in on. I mean, I like the Old Testament, so I tend to hone in on on that for Sundays, even. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I bring in the other readings as ways of of showing us the fullness of it. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the importance for for these weeks for me at least is going to be to um, to really s- see what like what the um, like what's the headline, what's the theme, like what yeah. what do we need to get at? Because there's so much, and All it right. can be so easy to get lost. So, like I, in our reading from Romans, like we were talking about the other week, um, we're talking about death again,
1: and that's mm-hmm. a, a, a a pit for me <laughs> that yeah, I can yeah, fall into. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I have a proposal for you. Um, you. So I think just generally like big, big picture, it's going to be really hard to preach during Lent because we have too many moving parts, right? And I think that's that's a problem we had with Advent too, you know? Is it about Christmas? Is it about this particular Sunday? Is it about this particular set of readings? Or is it about this particular reading? It's like we just have so much going on. And you add yeah. on top of that with Lent, that's also the preparation of the catechumens for baptism, which is the original purpose of Lent, is the preparation for baptism. Um, So all that being said, I think one thing that has stood out to me in my own reading, my own spiritual reading recently, I was reading this book uh, by Pope Benedict. It's a collection of essays on how to preach the liturgical year. And it's a phenomenal book, and I, I highly recommend it. One of the things that he mentioned about preaching Lent is that in preaching Lent, Uh, Lent is about the catechumenate. Uh, but what he wanted to emphasize is that the Christian life is one that we move through cycles where we need to realize that often enough we fall back into the catechumenate. Um, Mm. that through sin we fall back into the catechumenate. Uh, and we need to go through the process again of conversion and education in the faith because we fall back into uh our former ways. So I thought that was a really right. cool way of looking at Lent. That's not just that we walk with the catechumens for their own baptism, but that we take stock of how we may have fallen back into the catechumenate by you know our laziness, by our sin, by our mediocrity, whatever it is, you know. Um or just by the momentum of our life we just fall back into the catechumenate not literally, but at least in a spiritual way. How can I think of my own process of conversion or reconversion to the Lord over the course of Lent? So the reason I mentioned all that is how can I preach like this first reading about the fall from grace as maybe as an ind- indication of my own fall back into the catechumenate as I begin yeah. Lent? And then to be thinking about going into the desert with Jesus as the beginning of my own process of walking in my own catechumenate again as I approach Easter. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. What do you think about that?
0: No, I like that. You know, and and I think um, I'm trying to formulate what I want to say. Um, So we don't have, unfortunately, at my parish, we don't have any baptisms on the Easter Vigil. Hmm. We have one person coming into the church. um, Praise God. Yeah. But we don't have baptisms. And so...
1: For lack of documents or...
0: Uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, And I think I really like this idea of not just, I mean, it's a shame that we don't have any, that's something to look at. That's a conversation for another day. But how do we bring that back to ourselves? Like, like you're saying, how do we remember that we fall back to that? Yeah, I like that. And I, I don't know how to do that right now. Um, But it's certainly gotten the wheels turning for me.
1: Sure. And to I, like I think
0: emphasize that, that so need for that.
1: Sure, and and I think I think part of the reason that it's a helpful image is because the 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 preaching during Lincoln tend towards one of two things. It can tend towards theology lectures on salvation history, yeah, or yeah. or it can tend towards the you know the self-flagellation masochism or overly dramatic like I need to overly fast because I'm a terrible person. So right, right. So there's a middle ground well, here, which is the catechumenate, which is. We're gonna sure. we're gonna walk the path of salvation history because we're in need of a redeemer, but we're walking through salvation history as it's presented to us by the church, so that we can approach our own baptism again. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe just you know, emphasizing that we're back into the catechumen is a helpful well, yeah. way of thinking about it.
0: But again, why are we there? You know, one of my themes for my homily for my daily homilies recently, the in these days leading up, we've been going through the letter Saint James. Um. And it's kind of a challenging letter, (laughs) Mm -hmm. not just because it's making weird distinctions between faith and works, um, but because it's asking us to, like today, root out jealousy, Mm -hmm. root out um, the things that keep you from Christ. Uh, And I I can't help but think that, that that is an attempt to change the way that we're looking at these penitential practices to, in a sense, do the hard work before the hard work of Lent. Um, so that we go into it appropriately, mm-hmm. that we don't turn Lent into a time of pride, which I think it does. I mean, that happens to me all the time. Yeah, like look oh, up, look at look what how I'm him. giving yeah. up, or yeah. look how good
1: I am at giving things up.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, rather, it, it says, no, this is a this is an intentional thing that you do, so that you can go grow closer to Jesus. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, right. So, so if we think about it in terms of being a catechumen again, so the what do we do with catechumens? We yeah. we we educate them. So that might be an aspect of Lent for me this year is how am I allowing the church to educate me in the mysteries of God? Um and then we also encourage them to take stock of their life and to examine their conscience and to confess their sins and to profess the creed. Like so Yeah. Yeah. So maybe for me, like that could be a rejuvenation thing is that how can I see myself falling back into the state of the catechumenate to walk over the mm-hmm. course of the journey of Lent, um, educating myself in the faith again, examining my conscience, going to confession, proclaiming yeah. the creed uh, with conviction on Easter. Um, yeah, I don't know. And rejoicing with new life, you know, in me. Well,
0: let, let me run this by you. This I got something percolating here. Got it. Um, what if first Sunday of Lent, the theme was, our th- my thesis statement could be, this is the time to say yes, when so many times we've said no before. So here's wh- here's how I get there. Um, and this is where I need some help because it can quickly just turn into like a lecture. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite things to look at. The fall itself um, it was, I mean, obviously the sin of pride coming in, but the way that the serpent tricks Adam and Eve is to tell them, um, he says, no, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, the fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know what is good and evil. Okay. Well, what one of the things that I don't know that if this is actually theologically accurate, I think so. But I like to tell people that you know what they really were like God they literally took part in that creative act in naming all of the creatures all of the everything on the earth sure like they walked with God they were part um they were made in his very image and likeness I mean if that's not like God I don't know what is right right so it wasn't it wasn't the serpent telling them that they were going to have something that they didn't already have. Mm -hmm, It's mm. these have truths that the evil spirit loves to work in. Right, right. Um, And they said no to God in that moment Mm -hmm. and through that temptation. Throw that back into the gospel. Now we're looking at Jesus in the desert, and the devil now is there asking him basically the same things that he asked Adam and Eve. Um, Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Well... He did literally multiply the loaves and made bread basically from nothing right well, right sense. right right um stand on the parapet if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, they will catch you, okay, well, he was literally raised up at um at his ascension, like right he does command right. the host of and then you know so et cetera these are the devil is is tempting Jesus with things that he already has, things yeah. that he already is. Um, but the difference between Jesus and Adam is that Jesus is showing us that it is possible in his humanity to say yes to the Lord and to say no to the evil spirit, mm-hmm. to not give in to that temptation.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I wonder if that is, um, I mean, well, that I think that is the beginning of the Christian life is saying yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um Now, is it always going to be, are we perfect from now on? Well, no, there's still the garden in Gethsemane. There's still moments in Jesus's life Mm -hmm. where he's Mm -hmm. struggling. Um, So there's going to be moments in our life when we're struggling, but it's important um, to become something new, to do something different.
1: Yeah. So I I appreciate this connection between the temptation in the garden and the temptation in the desert, so that in both cases, the tempter is tempting with half-truths. that the truth is being used as a weapon against uh, the Adam and Eve and against Jesus—is that what you're saying? Uh, sorry, say that again. That in both the garden and in the desert, the tempter is using a half truth to to tempt yeah, them away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, I like that. And
0: Adam and Eve, in their weakness, um, gave into that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Jesus, um, in his weakness,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, in this time of, of fasting, didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but what that's we, amazing. But what do we take from that? that so if we're, we are going to be tempted with half-truths, so what does yeah. it mean to live in the fullness of truth?
0: Well, I think it's being able to say, to know, well, and again, this is why discernment is so important, to be able to know when we're being tempted mm. and to say, you know what, this is still really convincing, mm-hmm. but I still trust mm-hmm. that God knows what's best.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, cuz Jesus is the emblematic of the of deference to God's authority, deference to God's will, yeah. whereas Adam and Eve were not, you know. Right, um, right, right. So, that I mean that could be a way of preaching this particular Sunday. How would you fit it into the arc of of Lent?
0: Well, that well that that saying yes is that first step. Hmm. And so when as we move on, we're we're taking the second and the third and the fourth and the um those
1: mm-hmm. other steps. So maybe like on the you know, uh, our, our, on the walk in the catechumenate of being re educated, maybe there's a re education mm-hmm. that happens. The first mm-hmm. step is admitting that you have a problem, you know, and that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And the problem that we're admitting here is that, you know, we are being. You don't tempted, live on bread alone. That we don't live on bread alone, only the, on the word of God, but, you know, that we tempt, we're tempted to just eat bread and just be fine with that. And oftentimes we fall into that temptation to be satisfied with, with just that you know and maybe admitting admitting that our need for god is greater than um than we might have thought is the first step towards conversion you know yeah
0: yeah i think there's something there
1: good good all right well that's good to get the ball rolling i think both of us are gonna have a hard time (laughs) focusing (laughs) a little bit Um, yeah and again i think i have to stay away from romans (laughs) yeah (laughs) because that
0: i mean that does play into it like we're well.
1: I'm not going to get into it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally cool, man. Well, any parting thoughts for now, and then we'll we'll check back next week and see what we ended up with. Parting thoughts? Go pray. All right, dude. Sounds good. will we'll talk next week. All right, brother. All right, peace.